0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu.
1: Hello and welcome to The Hindu's InFocus podcast. I'm Anand Krishnan, your host for today. Just a week before a meeting of the Quad leaders in Washington, Australia, the US and the UK announced on September 15th a new trilateral security partnership for the Indo-Pacific between Australia, the UK and the US called AUKUS. As part of this, Australia will acquire nuclear-powered submarines with help from the UK and the US. What does this new trilateral grouping mean for the Quad and for India? And how has the world reacted to it? Including France, which has hit out at this new arrangement, as well as China, which has said that three countries are looking to contain Beijing. Joining me to make sense of this new trilateral arrangement and what it means for the region are Swasni Haider, the Hindu's national editor, as well as Dinakar Perry, who reports on defense issues for the Hindu in New Delhi. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Anand. Thank you, Anand. So, Asni, if I can come to you first, Uh, what did you make of this new announcement, which seemed to come out of the blue? Uh, And what has India said so far, if anything at all, uh, about this new arrangement, given that everyone has been focusing on the Quad uh, being at the center of attention as a security arrangement for the Indo-Pacific? So, how has this arrangement sort of, come out in in a few days right before what was supposed to be uh, a much celebrated first in-person meeting uh, of the quad leaders.
2: Precisely. I mean, the the timing, if you like, could not have been more uh, awkward if I could uh, play on the August term, which uh, which <laughs> which many have already done. Uh, the truth is, it comes one week before what was to have been the main item. You know, the Quad summit of four the four leaders meeting for the first time face to face. A lot of trouble has gone into the summit. Uh, the Japanese prime minister who was due to step down from office just a week later. Uh, had actually suggested that the summit took off, and um, uh, all the others were. To go, the Japanese Prime Minister, the Shuga will have to office, uh, just to make the point that there is a confluence of minds. There's a, there's a, a, you know, a very serious sort of um, uh, push for the Quad summit, uh, and then we see the announcement of. Uh, uh, we have heard uh, uh, already that Australian officials had informed India about, but not that the US had informed uh, India about it. Now, and yet, from the Indian point of view, uh, there has been absolutely no reaction. We've asked the Ministry of External Affairs uh, for a reaction, and we didn't receive one. Uh, and similarly, um, uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, we uh, we've been waiting for some kind of a statement made on how India sees this new uh, formation in the Indo-Pacific. Maybe there will be one closer to the date or in Washington itself. Uh, Remember, there are three or four moving parts to this. There's China's reaction, which, uh, of course, uh, you've been covering, uh, that India has to watch out for. Uh, There is also the reaction from France now, that very angry reaction. Uh, And India is a very close strategic partner of France's. Uh, we do actually have a nuclear relationship. We, are, uh, we discuss a lot of these issues as well. Um, and, and then there is the third part of it, which has not really been spoken about much, which is India's basic concerns with proliferation. If, for example, the world turns a blind eye as the U.S. announces a new nuclear partnership with Australia that does not have access to this. Uh, technology. In fact, Australia is going to be one of those uh, very rare uh, situations where they don't actually uh, use nuclear power themselves um, and they don't have, uh, you know, they, they don't have a nuclear program, but they are going to be running nuclear submarines. Um, then uh, India could uh, face this kind of a situation from other players who are uh, nuclear capable as well. And that is something India has always been against, whether it has been Iran, whether it has been China support to Pakistan or to North Korea. Uh, so there are a lot of very important um, uh, impacts or, or repercussions from this AUKUS alliance that has been announced. Of course, many are hoping that what it essentially is going to mean for India is two things. One that uh, this will solidify the Indo-Pacific partnership. So this will, be, this will bring the United Kingdom is, uh, well into uh, an already loose sort of coalition between the four democracies, uh, US, India, Japan, and Australia. Uh, and the second part to it, which is, uh, which is uh, an, uh, another sort of possible uh, silver lining for India is the idea that if France is not uh, going to be able to complete its uh, deal with Australia, on the nuclear submarines, then India could perhaps be a beneficiary of that technology. Um, so th- there are a lot of uh, parts to this. Anantan, as I said, India has not yet put out a statement, has not yet conveyed a reaction.
1: Uh, we will uh, come back, Suhasini, to the really fascinating points that you made. And we will come back a little bit uh, in terms of the positives and negatives for India. But uh, Suhasini, on the French reaction that you said, just for our listeners, uh, on Friday, France said it was actually recalling its ambassadors to the U.S. and Australia, uh, and of course, the heart of the uh, anger, uh, source of anger for the French, is that because of this arrangement, Australia scrapped this huge deal uh, from France for conventional submarines that it was supposed to buy. Uh, on Saturday, you had France's foreign minister uh, who hit out at what he called "quote the duplicity, disdain, and lies." Uh, of Australia. And of course, they are equally angry at America as well. It's quite curious. They don't seem to be very angry at, at the UK, uh, some jokingly saying that the French uh, either reflecting the fact that they looked at the insignificance of the UK or they expected it from the UK, we don't quite know. Uh, Dinakar, you reported a little bit uh, about how Australia has sort of framed uh, this deal vis-a-vis uh, the significance for India. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Australian ambassador to India has been saying uh, about this new arrangement uh, and specifically what he said this would actually mean as far as India-Australia defence ties in particular. So, Anand,
0: the Australian High Commissioner here uh, did a a briefing last week, as you mentioned. And so, there he tried to position the AUKUS as a uh, arrangement which will complement the uh, the Quad grouping and other cooperation mechanisms in the region. See, for instance, Uh, for uh, again australia india and france or india australia and indonesia and there were also there, was, there has been also interest between uh, india and australia to build on similar formats with the other asean countries but now uh, you know the, the reaction of asean countries itself has been quite varied from welcoming some being you know doubtful of how this will play out and now in fact australia is trying to address each of those concerns. I mean, there have been, in fact, today morning saying they are dispatching, you know, their uh, officials to address those concerns with ASEAN countries. So, the, essentially, they allay those in a way, saying political platform or platform for consultations and which will kind of work together with this arrangement. So, again, to put the consultation mechanism as, uh, you know, uh, it's been Put out. It's more of a a platform for high technology cooperation between these three countries. And in the first phase, as the as the document referred to, uh, UK and US would be assisting Australia in acquiring submarines or SSNs, as they are referred to. At least eight of them in the near future. Apart from other high tech, high end, and high technology uh, missiles and etc. As on it, it does not seem more of a, a consultation mechanism, but more of a hydrology cooperation group. So how that will how the trajectory will shift is a different question. Which as of now, no one is talking about.
1: Then uh, very quickly on the point of nuclear submarines that you mentioned, uh, what makes them so significant, uh, and that that has been actually the source of ire. For instance, China has been particularly upset about the fact that under this arrangement, Australia will be getting them. Uh, Obviously, the Australians argued uh, that this was a valid reason why they scrapped the deal for conventional submarines from France. Can you just give us some perspective on what makes these nuclear submarines uh, so significant? There are two
0: operational as a military platform. The other is the whole aspect of the nuclear itself, which brings in the question of proliferation and so on and so forth, which Swaston had also referred to earlier. So from the military point of view, what Australia said was that A conventional submarine has limitations. So, given the threats in the region, the territorial claims in South China Sea, as even the High Commissioner referred to, territorial Taiwan, South China Sea, etc. What Australia says is that these nuclear submarines, nuclear-powered submarines, to make a distinction from the strategic platforms, nuclear-powered submarines would give them unlimited range and endurance for Australia to safeguard, assert, you know, in the Indo-Pacific region along with other partners including india as australia said so yes from a military point of view that makes sense but then the, the, the real issue which uh, what uh, brought the strong reaction from sharp reaction from beijing is that the proliferation concern the, as uh, pointed out australia does not have a pro- nuclear anything to do with nuclear I mean, they have stayed away from the nuclear domain in any manner so now, effectively, they are they will be operating a nuclear-powered submarine, even though provided by U.S. and U.K. and will be taken care of by them. The fact that Australian forces will Australia as a country will be operating these military high-end military platforms is in itself significant in many ways, because it takes the whole military dynamic to a different level and which sets a new precedence in the global order for nuclear platforms. So there are very few examples if you go across where such a thing has happened. I mean, India has been leasing nuclear, has leased twice, in fact, nuclear-powered submarines from, from then Soviet Union, then Russia, but that's it. And India otherwise has its own program, which is underway, but apart from that, there are very few examples. Now, this sets a new precedence on how this is taken forward and how this will play out in future by other countries or even China or anyone else is, you know... <laughs> how this will unfold that, that's the real risk of it i mean in a sense on the nuclear proliferation or setting up precedents for it for other countries to follow in future
1: uh, swasni uh, ostensibly this is about the indo pacific that's what all the three countries have been saying but for a grouping that's ostensibly about the indo pacific what's striking is the composition of, of its members um, the hindu had an editorial which we'd linked to below this was saying that if it if security of the indo pacific was really the abiding priority maybe it would have been better served Uh, being more inclusive, having, whether it was India or Japan or South Korea. What have you made in terms of the composition of this grouping? And is it really something that, how much of this is about military technology sharing? How much of this is really about safeguarding security in the region?
2: You know, Anant, the fact is that the Indo-Pacific over the last few years has attracted so many different uh, you know, formations, coalitions, uh, uh, whether it's the Quad, whether it's the trilaterals. India is part of several other trilaterals. It's working with the European Union. The EU has just announced an Indo-Pacific policy. Uh, India has a trilateral with France and Australia, for example, uh, one with Indonesia and Australia. Australia has several trilaterals with others on, on, uh, uh, when it comes to the Indo-Pacific, um, so it shouldn't actually create such a, a you know, the, the kind of reaction we've seen, uh, perhaps would be, uh, uh, would seem uh, excessive when it comes to the U.S. announcement, but the U.S. announcement of AUKUS is different for a number of reasons. Uh, The first is, as you pointed out, that this goes a step ahead of, say, what the Quad is discussing today. The Quad discusses uh, keeping a free and open Indo-Pacific. It discusses military exercises. It talks about connectivity, um, uh, infrastructure projects that they can do jointly. It has these silos on climate change, on COVID, countering COVID, on critical technologies. Uh, But it is not this kind of a security framework, particularly since it is between treaty allies, uh, which is Australia uh, uh, and uh, the UK uh, as allies of the US. The second part is that this is about a nuclear relationship. And remember that the US has always said that its own uh, laws and regulations do not permit it to proliferate, to give this kind of technology out. Um, The the fact is that the last time uh, they, they did, Sharing this kind of technology with the UK was more than um, half a century ago. Uh, so there is something different about this particular partnership. The third reason, and this should have been a clue, that the actual negotiations for this alliance went on for 18 months, but it seems that even the the top level officials in many of the countries didn't know about it. The fact that the Australian uh, Foreign and uh, Defence minist- uh, Secretaries were in Delhi. Just a few days before this announcement was made, but they didn't themselves uh, disclose that this deal was in the making means that there was something very substantive that had to be kept away from the world until it was ready to be announced. I think all of these indicate that there is more than meets the eye to what AUKUS essentially is, and it is a very, very serious security strategic partnership in the Indo-Pacific, that countries will have to unravel, um, uh, learn more about Prime Minister Modi will be in Washington, he will meet with Mr. Morrison, he is meeting uh, with President Biden, and no doubt there will be discussions in the court format as well about what AUKUS means. But all the signs point to the idea but there is something more than meets the eye, and I think that's why you are seeing these reactions. France's reaction, for for example, has been uh, that this is duplicitous, that this is quote a stab in the back, essentially saying that while they were in negotiations with all three countries, really, on various issues, they had not, uh, they 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 were not told about this alliance being in the making. Uh, we, in fact, know that. Uh, External Affairs Minister jayashankar Shankar even spoke to the French uh, uh, Minister uh, Mr. Drian, who has made many of these statements, uh, giving the indication that India is inclined to also hear about what is France's real, uh, uh, you know, opposition to the deal, and whether that opposition is more than just losing a lucrative defence contract. If it is larger than that, is there a dis- uh, you know, is there a feeling of uh, being disconcerted in the European Union? Is the European Union itself? uncomfortable with this. Uh, as Dinkar was pointing out earlier, there's the question of whether the US has essentially taken away this contract, uh, this uh, opportunity for manufacturing in, the, uh, in Europe from um, what are essentially allies and partners of the United States. So there are repercussions beyond, obviously, the kind of uh, reaction we have seen from China. We've seen Iranian leaders uh, react as well to the kind of uh, double standard, if you like, uh, behind this alliance. The truth is that no matter how you look at the alliance, it is not possible uh, to uh, say this is just another... Uh, formation in the Indo-Pacific. Clearly, this is something different. And I think the weeks and months ahead will tell us much more. A, a final question to
1: you, Swastani. Uh, the other big event, of course, uh, which we spoke about at the start of this podcast is the Quad Summit. Uh, we will do another episode of InFocus podcast at the end of this week on the takeaways from the Quad Summit. And we hope Swastani will join us for that as well. A final word, Swastani, looking ahead to this first in-person Quad Summit as Prime Minister Modi goes to Washington. How much do you think that this AUKUS announcement may or may not have changed uh, the texture of this of this summit that we're looking forward to, uh, or do you think that perhaps it will just sort of exist in, in in occupy parallel spaces AUKUS on the one hand and what the Quad has uh, planned for on the other?
2: Well, I'm sure on the face of it, it will all be very diplomatic. But the truth is that the. O- announcement itself, as you pointed out, one week before uh, the actual Quad Summit, and uh, the signing of the defense partnership between U.S. and Australia, between Mr. Morrison and Mr. Biden, is expected a day before the actual Quad first in-person summit. Both of those have taken away a little of the spotlight uh, from the idea that the Quad countries were coming together, the leaders were coming together, face-to-face for the first time. Um, Beyond that, I do think uh, the question will be about whether this strategic partnership is an exclusive one and essentially will mean that the U.S. will conduct this kind of serious military partnership with its treaty allies in the Indo-Pacific and what that means for what is the agenda for the Quad. As far as we know, the Quad, as I was pointing out earlier, has this kind of five-part Agenda. There's the free and open Indo Pacific. There is ensuring uh, transparent and sustainable infrastructure connectivity in the region. Uh, There are the three silos of climate change, of countering COVID with a vaccine initiative, uh, as well as dealing with critical technologies and uh, resilient supply chains. These are all part of the formal agenda of the Quad. It now remains to be seen how this will. in fact, affect discussions behind the scenes, as well as what we will see in the outcomes. Can the Quad now have outcomes that match this one? It doesn't seem as if there have been any negotiations on that. And the last point I'll make, uh, 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 Anant, about how this could also spur a new conversation. And I think Dinkar was alluding to it about who could be also new either partners of the quad or in some way uh, an expansion of the quad to something larger. Uh, and there has been much talk about including other countries like New Zealand, like uh, uh, by the way, New Zealand too has reacted badly to the AUKUS announcement thing. It will not allow its waters to be used by these uh, submarines. Um, but New Zealand is certainly on the list for those who could be part of a quad expansion if it ever happens. South Korea is on that list, Indonesia on the list, the UK is on the list, France possibly uh, could have been on the list. Um, so the question about whether there will be an expansion of the Quad, I think, will become even more relevant because of the AUKUS uh, announcement.
1: So, Hyder Haider, Dinakar Perry, thank you both so much for joining us today. The InFocus podcast will be back later this week on the takeaways from the Quad Summit, and we will keep you posted as well as more global reactions come in. To the AUKUS grouping and how it goes forward. Thank you both so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Anand.
1: In
0: Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.